So Sonic the Hedgehog was on Pornhub and he saw one of those little ads for a game that said you wouldn't last 30 seconds before coming. <laughs> he definitely wouldn't. No, no, not at all. Um, he masturbates so quickly. <laughs> and it's not even his own fault. It's the, was he like, they make him in a lab? Perhaps. I don't really know the... Uh origin story of sonic the hedgehog i know that he had to collect the chaos emeralds and release some trapped animals yes uh i mostly was familiar i didn't have a sega so i, I watched like the cartoon series oh the one with steve urkel yeah it was god awful <laughs> i remember watching that there was also a series of uh comics published by archie that i subscribed to yeah yeah my brother liked some of those i didn't ever get into those uh Mostly it was just furry stuff, right? I think, uh, I think once it leapt out of the video games, it just became like furry content. Perhaps. As a kid, I didn't really, I wasn't familiar with the furry culture, so sure. it didn't land that way with me. Right. But in retrospect, I, I would say so. I would say the wave of cartoon animals, uh, cartoons and games in the early 90s uh, really helped create a new generation of furries it definitely did yes uh, the rescue rangers those ducktales uh tiny tunes yeah uh tailspin i uh, know at least one person who's sexually attracted to baloo oh that's yeah. interesting yeah he's tough you know he's a tough gruff fun bear guy i think doesn't he wear like a hawaiian shirt sometimes yeah and he's like also like a butch captain i get it <laughs> um so yeah welcome to the raincoat report um this week we're talking Apparently about the cartoon animals we and others might like to fuck. <laughs> yes, we are. Uh, uh, in addition, Jeremy picked uh, an interesting film this week. Uh, it's actually quite a bit different than anything we've covered so far. Mm -hmm. This week we were talking about 1970s Tora Tora Tora, directed by Richard Fleischer. Yeah. No. 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 <laughs> Rezzy meowed in anger. Yeah. Uh, no, we're doing a film that doesn't celebrate war this week. Uh, well, yeah, it does, and it really kind of tells the story of uh, having to respond to egregious actions by a foreign menace who would sneak attack in the early morning hours a military base. Uh, with the full might of the Japanese Empire. I don't remember that. No? No. Uh, well, I mean, when you started out, it was kind of similar to the plot. There were some. There are definitely some egregious acts that occur <laughs> um, in this film that we're calling, which is actually 1980s, Terra, 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 Terra. I don't know how many Terras there are actually supposed to be. Oh, I think we got our wires crossed there. Well, that's okay, because um, if you want to talk about the one you watched, and I'll just respond with the comments from what I watched, <laughs> Okay, we can do that. Yeah, I don't know how applicable my notes are going to be, but we'll see. I think we can synthesize them. That's, um, that's philosophy. That's a dialectic. <laughs> um, you're the antithesis, because you watched the wrong thing. I'm the the thesis because i watched the right thing and together we'll create the synthesis and form a more perfect union <laughs> fair enough uh well okay so this other movie terra 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 it's four terras it's terra 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 toma oh yeah the, that would the, be an interesting movie the fourth terra the third terra has a fourth terra that lives uh, <laughs> on her body <laughs> 
Uh, anyhow, Terra, 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 as you mentioned, was from 1980, and it's directed by Leonard Kurtman, yep. a gentleman whose work we've covered before. Mm-hmm. Um, Hot Flashes being a notable example, but you also pointed out that he did The Sorceress as well. Yeah, he was John Bow, and we didn't do any due diligence to uh, even check IMDb to see who directed <laughs> that one. I just assumed all those were by like one timers and if they had like an, a name attached to them, I feel like vinegar syndrome kind of put that on the packaging. I don't feel like that was the case with this one. Yeah. Well, it was easy for that to kind of get like lost uh, yeah. along the way because that was in that collection of like a dozen movies. Right. So. Yeah. But uh, yeah, so we've covered a couple Leonard Kurtman's at this point. Um, he also notably directed a film that I watched in the past few months, uh, Carnival of Blood. Yes. Which was part of uh, Agfa's release. It was the Bloodorama Triple Frightmare or something like that. Is that the drive-in thing? Uh, yeah. Yeah, I, was, I started watching that and fell asleep during Help Me, I'm Possessed, but I started at like 3 a.m., so I yeah. never intended to make it. <laughs> Yeah, that, that's a fun release, but uh, this is a very different release uh, in the sense that, well, it's porn. Yes, this one is pornography. Um, but not only is it porn, uh, it is a porn film with a lot of fun people in it, including, but not limited to, Seika, who plays the titular role of Terra, 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 yeah, which what? I assume is her full name in this. Yeah. They call her Terra, but it's short for Terra, 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 yeah. Terra. You don't see it, but there's a little like an exponential four by her name. <laughs> um, you know that's how they that's how they just shorten it. That is her full Christian name. <laughs> but uh, we also have Jamie Gillis, who plays the photographer. He's credited just as the photographer, but like three quarters of the way into the film, they start calling him Hal. Yeah, his name is Hal. Um, we've also got Veronica Hart as Angie, mm-hmm. uh, Zebedee Colt as Seika's, uh, Car- or Tara's father, Yes, Fred, uh, Samantha Fox, Merle Michaels, serial alleged uh, sex predator Ron Jeremy. Yeah, he's there. Uh, Bobby Astor, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. the man who would drink a mile of piss just to see that one woman's pussy. Yes. <laughs> and look at him now. Look at him now. Uh, and a, a cast of a bunch of other people who uh, end up in a party. Rezzy, this is untenable. You cannot <laughs> take the mic from me. <laughs> she is mad. Uh, my cat is causing chaos for this podcast now. Yeah. She was really upset with my whole Tora 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 bit. Yeah, she did not like that at all. <laughs> Um, she doesn't like that you besmirched Imperial Japan. <laughs> She's one of those kind of cats. I will say that this movie overall does seem to be better made than the other Kurtman films that we've covered so far. Oh, yeah. Not that that bar was incredibly high. No, it's it's not a super well-made film, but I will say his camera work during the sex is pretty good throughout the film. Uh, he moves yeah. it around a lot and gets a lot of neat positions, so... Yeah, on the whole, I would say this one's a little bit better. Yeah. A little bit better made. A little bit better on the whole. And that's what we really need out of our films, to be yeah. a little bit better on the whole. Yeah, take it easy on that old hole. <laughs> that whole scene, a lot of action. It, yeah. <laughs> it needs a break every now and then. Uh, anything else you want to add about Terra, 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 Terra before we get into it? Uh, no, but I would like to um, issue an apology for getting over here kind of late today. <laughs> okay. um, I did some last minute research. I watched the second film this morning and then I had to find something else for uh, other research. But uh, the thing I saw shook me to my core and it just took me a little while to recover and get over here. But uh, to learn more about that, you're going to have to uh, check out our next Patreon episode. Yes, our next Patreon episode, which should be next week on Friday. So yeah, next like Friday. Nine days from now, if I'm doing math correctly. You got nine days to scrounge up $5 and find out what uh, makes me want to send one person to Gitmo. <laughs> um, so we're going to take a quick break. Yeah, we'll take a quick break uh, after that 
successful sales pitch. That makes me want to subscribe now. Uh, and we'll be back to talk about Terra, 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 Terra. Yeah, you've gone all analog, so it's a little extra work to get your notes open. I have like four or five notebooks I've just left on your kitchen table, <laughs> so now I don't know which one actually has my notes. This is a nightmare. Oh no, I found it. We start with the Terra theme. Yes, we do. We see a photography session where Hal, the photographer, played by Jamie Gillis, is... Uh, Taking some dirty pictures. We see some women in various states of undress, including Tara herself, played by Seika. Once the music fades, we then cut to a completely different place where we see Angie. Angie is played by Veronica Hart. Mm -hmm. And she is there with Fred, who we would later find is Tara's father. And he's played by Zebedee Colt. Yes, and he's disgusting. <laughs> Angie's dressed seductively and asking Fred if he likes what he sees, which he, of course, does. She asks him at first not to touch her, though he definitely wants to. She tells him to wait. He asks how much champagne she can drink as she's taking a sip, and she asks how much can he afford. She then gets down and starts to kiss on his hairy chest. Yeah, she's kissing and licking all through that old gray man hair. Yeah, she notes that his chest hair is gray, and he responds, A dirty old man is just a clean young man who grew up with taste and experience. Which I think is a lovely line. Yeah, that's a good one. That's um, it's a Leonard Kurtman original. Actually, I don't know if he wrote it. Oh, he did write it. Yeah, he's credited with it, at least. I'm giving it to him. <laughs> she continues to kiss and lick his chest, and she asks him what he wants her to do. He notes that her breasts have been brushing against a very sensitive part of his body, so he opens up his robe to reveal his cock. He says, Happy Valentine's Day. We then cut back to Hal, taking pictures of Tara, who's modeling with a flogger. She's rubbing it against her vagina. He says, Jerk off with that fucking whip, you bitch. Yeah, I was like, Whoa, you can't call the models bitches, Jamie. <laughs> It's, uh, it's 1980. Jamie yeah. Gillis can call a woman whatever he wants. Yeah, feminism won, and now <laughs> Jamie Gillis can call a woman a cunt. <laughs> uh, he's doing like a, about, probably like a 60% on the prowl here. Yeah, he is. Yeah, there's no racial slurs or commands to like shove anyone's face into shit or anything. Right. But uh, you're getting the nice version. We're, we're getting the proto on the prowl. Yeah. He was he's workshopping it while he was making this movie. Hal asks the other girl who's on the set, Judy, to kiss Tara's chest a bit. Uh, Judy is played by Merle Michaels. She's very attractive. Yeah, I hadn't... I don't know if we've we seen her in anything before. That... She was in something. Oh, I loved her in that thing she was in. <laughs> God damn it. Uh, she was in Foxtrot. Okay. And that was it. Okay. Okay. Excellent. She was in a bunch of movies, but uh, Foxtrot was the only one we've covered. Okay. Yeah. I don't quite remember her, but good for her. Tara bends over and uh, Hal continues to snap some pictures of her ass and vagina from behind. He has her sit down and expose her lips. We cut to Angie, who's blowing Fred now, licking and sucking on it slowly. Fred says, you know I like to get teased, that's why you do it to me. He also says, my wife didn't ever like to do that. That was the problem. They continue to go at it, and uh, he at one point says, I suppose you know you're young enough to be my daughter. 
<laughs> we cut back to Tara, who's fingering herself a bit. Hal calls over Judy to start blowing him as he continues to take pictures. This is very Jamie Gillis. <laughs> yeah, yeah. He has Tara bend over and he tells her to show him her asshole. Mm-hmm. He's asking if she likes to take big cock up her asshole. And she does. Maybe. I don't think she answered. <laughs> the film description of this on um, like IMDb says that she has to like, she's like put off by him, but it doesn't seem that way. Yeah, it's this is the synopsis. Uptight fashion model Tara has trouble dealing with the amorous advances of sleazy photographer Hal. The situation is compounded in severity after Tara discovers that her father, Fred, has become involved with a much younger Angie. Yeah. But uh, I don't think Tara's uptight in here. There are a few things that she's not quite on the level about. Yeah. But I would certainly hesitate to call her uptight. Yeah, I don't think she's having trouble with his advances either. No, not at all. Okay, well, I just wanted to address that quickly. We cut back to Angie blowing Fred. He says it's not fair she has to do all the work, and so he lays on the couch and she sits on his face as he pleasures her from below. She tells him to suck her cunt as she writhes around and leans back moaning. He then stands up and carries her upside down as he continues to go (laughs) down on her. I was very afraid he was going to drop her on her head, but disaster was avoided here. I'm glad that no one had to go to the hospital. (laughs) He carefully sets her on the floor and uh, licks and sucks on her nipples and continues to give her oral and finger her a bit. He strokes a bit and finally he penetrates her and starts to fuck her on the floor with her legs propped up in the air. He keeps at it and after a couple minutes he pulls out and comes on her pubes. They have a very tonguey makeout on the floor afterwards. This is uh, Zebedee and uh, Veronica Hart? Yes. Okay, all right. Just making sure. I got a little, I know they kind of intercut the sex scenes a little bit in this one, so I just wanted to make sure we were in the right spot. Yes. Okay. But we go back to Hal getting blown by Tara and Judy. Judy is mostly working his balls while Tara sucks his cock. There's a lot of uh, ball work in this film. There is a lot of ball work in this film, and you know what? I love it. Yeah. I love ball work. (laughs) I love it as much as I love crowd work. (laughs) Maybe more. Uh, I want to make a comment here that I'm glad Zebedee Colt exists as like the old guy who gets to fuck. Yeah. Yeah. It doesn't happen enough, I, I guess. I don't know. Maybe it does happen enough. But often there's an old guy in a movie and you're like, maybe he'll fuck, maybe he won't. But with Zebedee, he fucks. Yes, he does fuck. And for that, we're grateful. Yeah. Zebedee, you get the Lifetime Achievement Award for fucking. Yeah. <laughs> Let me, I'm going to make you a little, he's dead. There's nothing. I'm going to pin it to his grave. (laughs) We're going to go visit his grave. Let's go visit all the porn stars graves. We can do a a special Patreon series where we drive around the country and visit all the graves. We visit all the graves and we hire a medium to do an interview. (laughs) We're going to need to get more Patreon subscribers. (laughs) I saw this, uh. It was this insane thing where this uh, guy was chan- like hiring mediums to talk to Bill Paxton from Beyond the Grave. Oh. Um, I forget his name, but it was something. His name was like Tommy Champagne or some shit. So he was just like some Hollywood hanger on who'd hung out with like Bill Paxton like once or twice in the 80s and was like, we're friends. <laughs> so he was like getting mediums to channel uh, Bill Paxton and just say insane things like she's like do you have any messages for james cameron and uh, the medium's like tell him i know where it is he's like what he's like the jewel from the titanic <laughs> and then the the mr champagne has to be like well that was made up for the movie <laughs> so i think we could do something like that that would be a lot of fun yes yes it would be <laughs> Judy climbs on top of Hal and starts to ride him as Tara's stroking his hair. Um, I'm going to go ahead and tell the audience that that sound in the background is us drinking uh, alcohol. Drinking liquor with ice. Uh, Just me. Do you have ice? 
Uh, yes, I do. I'm on the rocks as well. We're on the rocks. Send help. <laughs> this goes on a bit, and Tara says that she wants to taste his cum too. So the girls dismount, and Hal strokes and finishes mostly on Judy's face, and Tara does not, in fact, taste his cum. Yeah, I thought they were going to snowball uh, yeah. at that point, but no, nothing. They don't happen. Tara tells Hal that she has to go and elaborates that she has a date with her father, the most important man in her life. We cut to Fred with Angie, and they're both naked drinking champagne. He tells her he truly does love her, and they kiss more. Angie says that she's worried about meeting his daughter, especially since she's so much younger than him. He tells her he wants her, her being Angie. And he tells her that he wants Angie and Tara to love each other. After a pause, he clarifies, like sisters. Yeah, yeah, sure. We cut cut to dinner where Fred, Angie, and Tara are sitting at a table. This place has really high ceilings. Yes, and this dinner just looks miserable. (laughs) And everything's painted this kind of muted yellow. As well, with very high ceilings, this place is the perfect place to have the worst dinner of your life. (laughs) There are a lot of awkward glances during this dinner. Fred compliments the meal, and Tara reluctantly seems to agree. Angie walks away from the table with some dishes, and as she does, Fred asks Tara what she thinks of Angie. Tara makes some sarcastic comments and finally reveals that she thinks Angie only wants his money. Fred assures Tara that's not it. Tara says she sees right through Angie. Fred says she must think Angie's too young for him, and Tara says yeah. When Angie returns, Fred tells her that Tara thinks a man as old as him shouldn't be with a woman as young as Angie. Fred then tells them that he has to go do some business, but he wants Angie and Tara to get to know each other because he knows that Tara will understand if she gets to know Angie a little bit better. This dinner could not possibly get worse than like the <laughs> like in a, a normal like a non-porn film, this would be like one of the most like tense uncomfortable scenes I think I could imagine. Yeah. Where you're just like, "Hey, here's the the girl I'm dating that's the same age as you." Uh, I'm going to duck out. You all should be friends. <laughs> right? It's just like, "Oh boy." <laughs> Uh, Before he leaves, Fred also notes that Angie hasn't asked for a cent of his money, uh, making Angie aware that Tara thought that she was into Fred's money. I don't know why Tara likes her dad so much. He kind of sucks. Yeah, he does. So Fred leaves, and Angie starts talking, trying to alleviate Tara's concerns, noting that she understands it's a bit awkward. They could be sisters, after all. Tara confirms that, yeah, it is a bit difficult, and Angie says she's never had anyone spend so much time and concern on her. Tara notes, well, yeah, her dad is a sensitive guy, but that's why she's so protective. Angie notes that Tara is pretty and says that she hopes that Tara doesn't mind her saying that. Angie then leans in and softly kisses Tara. That seemed out of nowhere. (laughs) Not only is it inappropriate, but it's just an odd time for that to happen. Yeah. Uh, (laughs) This is very staged and strange. (laughs) Right. Uh, We now note that Fred, in fact, hasn't left yet as he's peeking into the room. He's depraved. He He is depraved. He set this whole thing up. Tara asks what Angie's doing, and Angie says she thought they could be good friends. And Tara asks her what she means by good friends. Angie then apologizes and says she can't help but be attracted to Tara, and she tells Tara to stop being uptight and relax a little. (laughs) Again, this is a case where I wouldn't really say that Tara is being uptight here. No, not at all. She's having a normal reaction. She was already having a really awkward time with this woman, and now she's trying to make romantic, if not sexual, advances on her. Yeah, she's making some strong overtures. Yes. Angie starts to kiss Tara a little more, but this time Tara kisses her back. Meanwhile, in the doorway, Fred is smoking and reaching into his pants. 
(laughs) The girls then leave the room, and we see them laying down together on a bed with Angie on top of Tara. Angie kisses and licks Tara's breasts, and then works her way down to Tara's crotch, pulling down her panties, and Angie starts to go down on Tara. After a bit, Angie takes off her bra and makes out with Tara a bit more, before Tara starts to suck on Angie's breasts. They move to a 69 position where Tara unties Angie's panties with her teeth. I do like that. That's uh, I did that. It was nice. Yeah, and she starts to pleasure Angie. This goes on a bit with both of them really getting into it. Tara starts to bite Angie's ass as she's getting into it. She sure does. Um, also, Tara is wearing one of those waist chains. That oh, we yeah. see every so often. Yeah. Usually it's only one woman wearing the waist chains, and my theory is that they get tangled up real easy. <laughs> if you have two of them? Yeah, if yeah. Like, both people are wearing them and you're just kind of rolling around on each other, you just get twisted up, and then they got to call the fire department and get the jaws <laughs> of life. <laughs> uh, that's a lot of... It's really going to cut down on like your shooting time for the day if you have to do that every time too. Two ladies get tangled up. <laughs> For sure. As they're 69ing, Angie starts to tongue Tara's ass a few times. Mm-hmm. And uh, then we see them afterwards embracing, cuddling, and kissing. We cut from there to Hal, the photographer, taking pictures of Tara again. Angie shows up and kisses Tara. Tara introduces Angie to Hal, who is enchanted with her. Hal asks if Angie models, and she says no, but Tara told her maybe she could find something for her to do here. Hal asks Angie if she wanted to do a set of photos with Tara, and she says sure. Hal and Angie step to the other side of a curtain to get ready, although it's later revealed it's like a a paper curtain. Yeah, it's a paper, it's a a thin barrier of construction paper. Yes. (laughs) On the other side of the construction paper, they immediately start making out, whereas on the other side, Tara and Judy are still there. And Judy starts taking very up-close pictures of Tara's vagina. And then Judy leans in and starts to go down on Tara. On the other side of the construction paper curtain, Angie starts to go down on Hal. We get some back-and-forth chatter between them, and Angie asks Hal now sitting on the couch, if this is what they call a casting couch. Hal assures her, this is just fun, they can talk about business later. She says, maybe this will help her modeling career, and he says, maybe. She works his balls with her tongue a bunch and starts to suck on him more as he grabs her head and strokes it up and down on his cock. Yeah, and he'll suck, suck, suck. Yes, he does. Uh, Junie continues to go down on Tara and sucks her nipples. We then see Angie riding Hal's lap on the couch, undressing more as she's doing it. Tara stands with one leg on the seat of a chair as Judy licks her leg and then uh, goes down on her more as she's kneeling on the floor. We see Hal lay on the couch and Angie rides him reverse cowgirl. We see Judy laying on the ground and Tara sitting on her face. Angie blows Hal a bit more as he's laying on the couch. We cut back to Tara and Judy more. And then Angie is licking Hal's balls from below as he's stroking. He's kind of like squatting above her face and she's licking his balls. Yeah, almost teabag. Yeah, and he uh, strokes and finally comes on her face and in her mouth. She asks, did I patch the couch test? As she laughs. He says, I think so. On the other side of the construction paper barrier, Tara asks, what's taking Hal so long? Because apparently they didn't hear the loud sex that was happening. Yeah, you can't hear anything through a quarter uh, millimeter of paper. Right. (laughs) She tells Judy to tell Hal that she'll just see him tomorrow, but then she very strangely stumbles through the construction paper barrier in a way that, like, doesn't seem realistic that she would have done at all. Yeah, uh, she kind of leans on it a little bit, but I'm like, why would you ever lean on that? Like, I assume it's meant to be, like, a divider, like, slash backdrop for, like, photo shoots. Right. So, it's not firm. Like, it's probably not going to be firm. Right, right. Um, 
but it gets destroyed and it stays destroyed in a later scene. And I appreciate that. I didn't notice that. Yeah. That's pretty cool. Well, she uh, stumbles her way through it and rips through it and sees Hal and Angie naked on the other side. Tara is shocked and asks how Angie could do that to her father. She calls them both disgusting and storms off. Even though she literally just like had sex with her. Right. Like, I guess the <laughs> night before. Right. Uh, Angie asks, what's the matter with her? And Hal says, don't worry about her. As uh, Judy joins them on the couch. We then see Tara walking through the park sadly. She jaywalks. And uh, walks down some sidewalks, brushing her hands on fences. Yeah, there's a nice little, like, forlorn uh, piece that plays. Yes. Um, I really like it. This Uh, is the first of two scenes like this, too. I love it. I love when movies take a break just to have someone just walking around. Why not? (laughs) A a day in the life. She's got a lot to think about, too, though. So, you know, that's, that's just good filmmaking, I guess. I guess. We then see Tara... It's the Kurtman way. It is the Kurtman way. Great filmmaking, the Kurtman way. We see Tara talking to her dad, and she tells him about finding Angie and Hal together. Fred asks her if that's all she was worried about. He explains that Angie loves him, and he loves her too, so he's not worried about her having sex with somebody else. Tara then adds that Hal had the nerve to invite her to a party that they're having later, something that we didn't actually see on camera. No, that was preempted so we could watch them her walk around. Right? <laughs> she tells her father, who knows what'll happen there. Fred tells Tara that she should go, and maybe he'll show up later to protect his assets, both of his girls. Yeah, don't say... Yeah, he calls both... He... Calls them both of his little girls. And I'm like, <laughs> yeah. Uh, he then leans in and kisses his daughter, grabbing her tit. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. Maybe they've been fucking already and we just don't see it. Maybe. I'm not really sure. Maybe that's why she's so upset. I kind of expected there to be something more explicit between them later on that never actually occurred. Yeah, I thought he was kind of like setting things up a bit. Um like a purposeful pretty peaches. Yeah, purposeful pretty peaches or uh, the erotic adventures of candy. Yes, a purposeful erotic adventures of candy. That doesn't have the alliteration of purposeful pretty peaches. Right. So I'm not going to say it ever again. <laughs> Very well. We then cut to Tara calling her friend Joyce. She tells Joyce that she's concerned about her father fooling around with women and... Joyce tells her, well, he's a big boy, so she shouldn't worry about him, moaning as she's talking to Tara. We then see Joyce. She has uh, some friends touching on her. A couple of guys, including Ron uh, Ron Jeremy. And a guy with a K-pop haircut. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, this other guy is Bobby Brigant, or Briganti. Briganti. Um, so Bobby Bragante. Neither of I guess these. That would be Spanish. Sorry. Go ahead. <laughs> um, but neither Ron, Jeremy, or Bobby have a character name, so I'll just refer to them as Ron and Bobby. Okay. Ron is going down on her at this point, going down on Joyce, and Tara asks Joyce what's going on, and Joyce says her motto is to enjoy life while she can. She tells Tara that her dad can take care of himself, but. Joyce has a couple of problems to take care of herself. So she hangs up, and we see Joyce with her two friends. They're touching and licking on her. And then they get up by her head, and she starts to blow the two of them. Bobby goes down on her as Ron is getting blown, and then Ron gets down and starts to fuck her. This goes on a bit uh, as Ron's rubbing her clit along the way. Bobby is off to the side kissing her a bit. And then Ron finally pulls out and comes directly on Joyce's lingerie. She sucks his cock a bit more. Ron says, listen, I hate to eat and run, but I've got to get out of here. So he leaves. But Bobby says he's happy that Ron left. He says, I can't make it with another guy here. I'm the romantic type. So uh, Bobby was stroking and stuff during this whole thing with Ron Jeremy, but he never really got hard. Yeah, he's just been... uh... 
kind of uh, gently edging. I did note that uh, Bobby was in a total of three films. He was in The Seduction of Cindy, which I believe was shot back-to-back or very close to this one, also by Leonard Kurtman. Mm-hmm. He was in this one, and he was also in a film called Confessions of Seika. Okay, so he's only in films with Seika? Uh, apparently, yes. Was Seduction of Cindy in, she was, was she in that? She is in that, is yes. Is she Cindy? Perhaps. I don't know. I haven't okay. seen it. I know yeah. she's in it, though. I know I wanted to get more Seika in from last week's episode, and uh, so far, so good. Yeah. I acted on that impulse, and uh, here we are. Here we are. We cut back to Tara walking around the city sad again. Mm-hmm. And then cut back to Joyce. And she and Bobby are making out. She knows that if he's the romantic type, she'll show him what love is all about. So she tells him to lay back on the bed and she starts to blow him. She stops to start talking about Tara. And she says, Tara's so sophisticated. She doesn't know how to enjoy young cocks like his. We cut to Alan played by Bobby Astor, who's uh, sleeping naked in bed. There's a knock at the door, and he asks who it is, but they just keep pounding on the door. He mentions something about how uh, one of the girls must have left their nylons there. So he goes to the door and answers it completely nude, at which point he's grabbed by Tara. She tells him that she has to get laid, and he starts to whine at this point. He says the three broads just left here. He's obviously very tired. Apparently he was up all night fucking and he just got to bed. Yeah, he's too... He's all nutted out. Yeah. He just wants to rest. But, uh, you know, we all need help from Bobby Astor from time to time. We do. He needs to rise to the occasion. Tara says that her father's driving her nuts and says some other stuff. And finally she pushes Alan, Bobby's character, towards the bed. We cut back to Joyce blowing the other Bobby. <laughs> After a bit, she mounts him reverse cowgirl and starts to ride him. Uh, it's pretty quick. He finally says that he's going to come, and she dismounts and strokes him to finish him off, sucking him afterwards. We cut back to Alan, who's naked yeah. laying in bed. I know, um, sorry, at one point, Joyce yells, Don't touch me, I'm wild! <laughs> I don't remember at what point during the sex scene I, happened, but I, I didn't ro- catch that. I wrote it down in my note, and I was like, "I have to get that in." That's uh, a beautiful line. <laughs> so yeah, we had cut back to Alan, who's laying naked in bed, and Tara's undressing. He's complaining that he's exhausted and says he's got pussy up to here. She tells him to shut up, and he asks if she knows how many years he wanted to make it with her. She gets down in bed, and she demands that he eat her, and he does. Uh, but he apparently falls asleep during this, yeah. and she has to wake him up. That's why he's the clown prince of porn. <laughs> he then lays back, and she starts to blow him, and he falls asleep again. But he does have a rock-hard boner while this is going on, so she keeps at it. Uh, the snoring here is very overdubbed. In fact, there is a lot of overdubs in this film. Yeah, sure are. It's obvious where it switches from audio that was caught on set and audio that was overdubbed later. Yeah, I think in like maybe like close to the opening scene with uh, Veronica Hart and Zebedee Colt, it doesn't sound quite right. Like their yeah. line reading doesn't sound quite natural. Right. Um. So yeah, definitely. But uh, it's okay. It'll be all right. But uh, good catch. Tara bites his dick after a bit, jarring him awake, and she finally lays back and he mounts her missionary. Uh, After just a few moments, he tells her he's getting close, and then he pulls out and she strokes him to finish him off. He then collapses on top of her. Tara notes it wasn't as good as she thought it would be. We then cut to Hal's party. This party is basically a Carlos Tobolina film, although it's better shot than... The average Carlos Tobolina orgy. Yeah, but it follows the same uh, basic plot where everything just leads to an orgy. Right, where everybody who was in the movie is here at this orgy, basically. Yeah. And uh, they're all fucking, but at at least we get a tour from uh, Jamie Gillis here in a minute. We do. Um, Yes, take us... Take us on a tour. So we see the people from earlier in the movie and some new people, and they start chit-chatting, um... 
We see several couples around the room who are flirting with each other and chatting. Angie asks if Tara is still mad at her, and she says she doesn't know what she's feeling. Tara is complaining about the party, but then Hal tells her that everyone here is having a good time. So he leads her around the room to introduce her to everyone as they're fucking around the room. There's so much going on that it's hard to keep up with it, but we see Ron Jeremy like immediately finish on one of the ladies' pubes. Um, but of note, as uh, Hal is walking Tara around the room, is Leatherhead, my new favorite character. Yeah, I would watch an entire Leatherhead series. <laughs> um, do they say who plays Leatherhead on IMDb? Is that listed? Uh, no. There are a lot of people... Listed uh, as party guests. Yeah, so party participants, help. so that doesn't help. But Leatherhead is a gentleman in a uh, leather hood. Yes. Um, much Much like us. Hal says he's a garbage man, and his wife gets off on getting fucked in the ass as he shoots in another girl's mouth. Yeah. We get some... The leather hood is a very very serial killer-like element. Yeah, it is. When it's not being used like in a BDSM context. Right. It's just like to obscure his identity while he watches his wife get fucked in the ass and he, I don't know, there's yeah. something about that. Eventually a knife or a gun is going to get involved in that kind of play. <laughs> we get some close-up anal shots from below as uh, a woman's getting fucked in the ass and we see somebody come as well in the ass. Yeah. Uh, you see so many wet shots in this orgy. You sure do. And uh, they're all like close-up like between the legs. Yeah. It's yeah. good stuff. It is. Uh Hal points out a contortionist, and uh, we see a guy with a painter's mask, and uh, a woman in a red mask, a bunch of wet shots. We see Leatherhead again, and he's getting blown, but then he starts to fuck another woman who's laying on the couch. Yeah, Leatherhead's laying pipe. And then he pulls out and comes on the girl's stomach. Hal tells Tara to come back with him to Angie. He says the philosophy is, if it feels good... Do it. So let's do it now. <laughs> we see a guy pull out from fucking and drop a massive load on a woman's face, and we see it from three different angles. Hell yeah. Uh, which normally I feel like is kind of a cop-out, but it was a remarkable load, so I'm okay with it. Yeah, it's good to get that kind of uh, repeat uh, repeat play. Yeah. You want to see it from all the angles, like an excellent uh, like a sports play, you know? Yeah, exactly. We see Angie and Tara laying side by side, and Hal is going down on Angie. He then mounts Tara and starts to fuck her. Angie laughs and caresses them as she's laying beside them. And then Fred, Tara's father, shows up. But he shows up in jeans and a t-shirt. Uh, he kisses one of the girls as he's walking in and grabs a flogger from another and slaps the girl's ass with it. Uh, we also see that Leatherhead is getting tugged off again, despite having finished already. Yeah, it's okay. He's having a good time. Yeah. Get the most out of it. You know, the rest of his life is literally collecting garbage. Right. <laughs> and serial killing. <laughs> I can't wait for the sequel where we get into that part. Yeah. They should definitely, um, there should definitely be more Leatherhead films. We'll have to make a series. Yeah, we'll make the... That's it. We'll talk about it in the next one, but we'll, uh, I've got an idea. The Erotic Adventures of Leatherhead. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I'm going to message the Rialto Report and tell them they need to do, like, an investigative series to, like, unmask Leatherhead <laughs> and see where he went to. Uh, they do follow us on Instagram. Yeah, they follow us on Instagram and, I think, Twitter, so... Excellent. Maybe they listen, maybe they don't. If they do <laughs> and they find Leatherhead, I will... Send them $5. <laughs> Excellent. I'll send them Ural's $5. <laughs> <laughs> Angie's riding Hal while Tara's riding his face. Leatherhead's getting blown more. We see, <laughs> we see Hal pull out of Angie as his cum spurts out. And then Fred sits down next to the group in a chair nearby. Tara seems surprised, asking if her dad knew about this party. Know about this? I paid him to have this party. Fred tells her the most important line of the film, I believe. He yes. says, 
Sweetheart, it's the 80s now. We're all grown-up people. If it feels good, do it. We stick together, right? Happy New Year! I thought it was Valentine's Day. I know, right? (laughs) Also, then they went on to elect Reagan. Yeah, I know. The the 80s was a dark time. Yeah, but this really, like, they encapsulated it early. Like, they got there before uh, Wall Street. Yeah. Before Greed is Good and, you know, all that stuff. They really, uh... This movie was a window into the future. Yeah, I would say that if it feels good, do it does kind of work with the whole greed is good thing. So yeah. that that all tracks. Yeah. It's kind of like an evolution of like the 70s kind of like me generation into like the 80s uh, like super Wall Street greed uh, times. Yeah. Super like uh, consumerism of the 80s. So yeah. I think that this movie has a lot to say. I think that honestly, this comes from a more optimistic view of what the 80s would become than what actually played out. Yeah. This is more like we're going to continue the fast paced, uh, cocaine driven fun of the 70s, where that sort of happened, but the new generation of yuppies came and fucked everything up. Yeah. And uh, And we're still suffering from it. (laughs) Yeah. So this movie started that. So, uh, thanks, we're gonna, Leonard. We're going to burn him at the stake. <laughs> <laughs> Our thoughts changed quickly. That's my review. Uh, on to the next movie. So, we get a freeze frame on a semi-awkward moment of Fred with his arms wrapped around both Tara and Angie's shoulders. Um, especially awkward because they're still on top of Hal, who's out of the frame. And uh, Fred's just sitting on a wicker chair next to him. <laughs> Uh, and also, I think his eyes are like half closed and stuff, so it's just kind of a weird shot anyway. Yeah. yeah. Um, but we get a the end card and credits here. And that was Tara, 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 Tara. There you go. <laughs> All right, we're going to take a quick break, and then we'll be back to talk about our thoughts beyond what we've already said <laughs> on Tara, 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 Tara. Record this, buddy. Hey. Hey. How you doing? Doing all right. Okay. Um, I looked it up while we were on break. That thing I was talking about earlier about Bill Paxton. Yeah. It's called Backstage Pass to the Flip Side. Talking to Bill Paxton. And uh, <laughs> the host and director is Richard Martini, not Tommy Champagne. <laughs> <laughs> That's really close, though. Yeah. You got the general idea. Yeah. His I've... name might as well be... Yeah, it could just be Tommy Champagne. It right? would be just the same to me. He's a he's a goofball. Um, but now I guess it's time for our raincoat reviews. Okay. Well, Jeremy, you traditionally go first. Okay. I so guess. you should traditionally go first. Okay. I guess I'll handle it. I thought this film was pretty entertaining on the whole. Um, we def- need something to entertain our holes. Yeah. No, we're supposed to go easy on our holes, remember? We can go easy and entertain ourselves at the same time. Like a feather. Yeah. Like, an ostr- like an ostrich feather. <laughs> tickle our holes. Um, <laughs> but That's no. entertainment, baby. Yeah. Uh, it's it's definitely one of those films that leans heavier on the sex and on the plot aspect of it. Yeah. Which we've covered. Not always my favorite, but as I said at the beginning, I think he, I think Kurtman did a pretty good job of shooting the sex in this one. Yeah. And keeping it pretty varied and entertaining. I like the different intercut sex scenes. Um, and that none of them went on too long, even though quite a few of them were back to back. Yeah, yeah. As far as the story goes, I don't really think that any of the characters were developed enough to really make anything matter. Yeah. In any way, like, there's not really any stakes going on with Tara, like... Plot synopsis that I shouldn't have went by said she was uptight, and she only is in 
reaction to things that it's kind of okay to be uptight about, like your dad dating someone the same age as you. Yeah, I mean, I would say that you should be able to get over that, and she does. Yeah. And, and like, the one thing that bothers her is her dad's new girlfriend fucking the photographer, and that seems reasonable to get a little frustrated by. I mean... If you hadn't just had sex with her yourself. Well, yes. (laughs) Uh, So, like, even, like, that that little bit of, like, tension that should be there is resolved in a a sex scene that honestly feels... uh, Kind of non-motivated. <laughs> just sort of awkward. I mean, it's a good, it's a well-shot scene. I like it and I enjoy it, but uh, I don't know. It just doesn't feel like, it feels like it came out of nowhere. Yeah. Uh, so I would say like some of other Kurtman's films that we've seen, the plot isn't super strong, but I will say his focus on uh, sex and making the film just look decent overall. And I think this one does look better than some of the other ones. Yeah. I'd say those are high points of the film. I love Seika just walking around the city. <laughs> that was fun. That was fun to me. Um, a lot of nice little cameos by uh, some of our favorites like Bobby Astor and uh, Samantha Fox, things like that. Yeah. There's, there's a nice cast. Everyone is doing... Oh, yeah, we didn't note that Joyce is Samantha Fox. Yeah, yeah, sorry, yeah, Joyce is Samantha Fox. And I I remember specifically going back to, uh, was it episode one that she was in? Yeah. Yeah, she was in, um, uh, uh... Dixie it's Ray called Hollywood Murder Star. Baby. Yeah. Yeah, we matched the titles up. Yeah, I couldn't uh, <laughs> I couldn't think of the normal title. I came up with the R-rated title. But yes, yeah. uh, she was in that as the secretary, and she was really good in the sex scene there. Mm-hmm. And we haven't seen much of her since. I think we might have seen She's like a one couple, or she two others. She doesn't have like a ton of big roles, it seems like, but in small roles, she excels. Yeah, and she was great in this uh, sex scene here. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, go on. And I remember they credit her Samatua Fox. They really <laughs> butchered her name in that one. Uh, but overall, this film, yeah, I don't know if I'd highly recommend it, but I was never bored or put off by it. I'd say it's probably about a three star film at the end of the day. Yeah. Uh, you know, you got a lot of your favorites in there. The sex is pretty hot. Uh, and that's all fine as long as you kind of go in knowing you're not going to get much on the plot end if that's what you're looking for. Yeah. Um, I think next week's pick does that a little bit better, but uh, okay. we'll save that for next week. Yes, a so, little, little teaser to yeah, to getting, rustle your jimmies a little bit. I'm really teasing on this episode. I'm dropping teases left and right. You're a real tease. Yeah. One day it's going to get me in a squeeze. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, but for now, I give this film three stars and I adjourn this portion of the raincoat review and turn it over to Bloss. Blossom. <laughs> Blossom? <laughs> yeah, our special guest, Blossom. Uh, okay, well, for now, I'll, we'll, we'll let Blossom share her thoughts off the mic and I'll give my thoughts instead. Okay. Uh, Blossom, Blossom be quiet. Ha- yeah, Blossom hasn't earned the right to be a part of the raincoat review just yet. Uh, so, as far as Terra, 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 Terra is mm-hmm. concerned, uh, my thoughts are similar to yours. Um, I think that overall, from a technical level, mm-hmm. this film definitely beats out the other Leonard Kurtman movies that we've covered, but yeah. that was a fairly low bar. Yeah, Hot uh, Flashes is like slap shot. Yeah, it's really like duct taped together. Yeah. And then Sorceress was just super low budget. Yeah, it was just in someone's apartment. Yeah. <laughs> someone's hideous green apartment. Yeah, with the the, the green kitchen and the yeah. floor that they fuck on. And... Yeah, man. Sh- they let... Whoever that was just got pile-drived on that fucking floor. Who who was it? Was it Eric Edwards who was the He murderer? was the murderer, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> That was an interesting movie, but uh, <laughs> this one's this one's also interesting. This one's also interesting. I would say that if you look at a porno as a delivery device for some sex scenes, this film's pretty uh, yeah. pretty much delivers where yeah. you want it to. I would say it's on like a similar category to like Too Naughty to Say No, where it's kind of a 
just a string of sex scenes with a very thin framing. Yeah, I would say Too Naughty to Say No overall is a better package just because yeah. it goes in some really weird directions. Yeah, it's a very creative film where this one is a little bit more standard, uh, like uh, kind of like a porn plot. There's like a photographer, she's a nude model, yeah. she's got a bad dad, <laughs> things we've seen before. But uh, I would say that the sex in this film is pretty good. I wouldn't put it at the level of too naughty to say no, but I would no. say that this has some good, fairly standard sex scenes in it. Uh, we, of course, have some Jamie Gillis in there, and really any movie benefits from having Jamie Gillis in it. Um, as you pointed out, there's a lot of dirty talk from him, and I always like some dirty talk in a movie. Yes. And he's very successful at that here. Yeah. Um, the movie itself is enough plot to keep it going, but at the end of the day, like you said, the stakes are pretty low. Yeah, it's, nothing's really resolved at the end, um, except that we know if it feels good, do it. Yeah, and I mean, that's a fun philosophy to have. Um, the sex scenes are well it, enough shot. Uh, I wouldn't say that it's exceptional cinematography, but it's good. Yeah. It's... And the sex itself, as I said already, is good. Um, the soundtrack is decent enough. It's just, Again, yeah, not it's exceptional, just... but good. It's It doesn't rise to a level of annoying. It's just good porn music. Yeah. That's what I would say. It's a good but not great movie. Yeah. The standout and... track is the Seika walking through the city theme. Yeah. So... <laughs> You better put that in the episode, or I'll flip. <laughs> I will say that we've seen Seika together with Serena several times over, mm -hmm. uh, well, a few times over yeah. the course of the show, and I want to see more Serena. Yeah. Uh, Seika's great, but I also like Serena. You think Serena's like carrying the duo? I don't know about that. I, I think that for my taste, I might like Serena a little bit better, but okay. I also have a redhead thing, so... Kind of a Seika know. and Serena deathmatch in your living room. We need to see Seika and Serena in the ultimate fuck-off. Yeah. There is that movie, uh, May Lynn versus Serena. Oh, yeah. Uh, it is a Carlos Tobolina film, though, so... <laughs> well, it's worth it. It's uh, worth it, yeah. <laughs> I like the idea of verses. Yeah. Like a, like a Godzilla film. <laughs> I would definitely watch uh, oh Godzilla versus Serena. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Serena versus Megalon. <laughs> uh, well, anyway, uh, I would also give this movie three stars. I thought it was fun enough. I was definitely not bored at any point. I thought it was fun, but at the end of the day, I wouldn't say that it had anything going for it that made it an exceptional above-average film. Yeah. It might be slightly above-average in the sense that it's just got some... It's got some, some good things going for it. It's got some star power and some solid sex scenes and... Uh, of course, Leatherhead. Of course, Leatherhead. Now, if they had exploited Leatherhead a bit more, this might be like a four or even five star film. If. But since he just had a role in a orgy at the end, uh, it just helps a little bit. Yeah, I would watch the Leatherhead massacre probably about twenty. <laughs> the Leatherhead fucks all massacre. I would uh, watch Leatherhead versus Leatherface: the ultimate battle. Leatherhead versus Leatherface versus Pinhead. <laughs> I have such sights to show you. Okay, well... Um, well, I have such sights to show you, such as Patreon.com slash Raincoat Report. Oh, yeah. Where you can join us for five bucks a month. You get early access to the shows. Uh, you get them ad-free. And you get our Patreon episodes every other week. Uh, coming up, we have Pornhub Roulette number two. And uh, as Jeremy has teased us so far, uh, there's something that shook him to his core that I'm excited to see. We haven't recorded that episode yet. So uh, I'm as excited as you guys are, I'm sure. Sickened and appalled. <laughs> uh, follow us on Instagram and Twitter at yes. Raincoat Report. Yes. RaincoatReport at gmail.com if you want to reach out to us. Yes, and... May your suffering be legendary, even in hell. And don't forget your raincoat. <laughs>
<laughs> We're all grown-up people. If it feels good, do it. We stick together. <laughs> right? Happy New Year. <laughs>